Hey guys, just before we jump into this interview, I just want to say I'm really sorry about the audio. I don't know what happened. It was on my side and for some bizarre reason, instead of using the great software that we have, we ended up using Zoom and it kind of compacts it and make it all awful. Gary sounds great. And, you know, the audio engineer said, look, we should really record this, but I didn't want to go back and then go through another interview and not get all the gems that I got from Gary in this episode. You know, it's just that little bit more manufactured if he's doing it again. So I hope you don't mind. The audio isn't amazing. Please forgive me on this occasion. We are making sure that this is a top quality podcast with amazing audio going forward. Thanks for your understanding. And just come into it with an open mind and just try as much as you can to take judgment out of the equation because you won't get any judgment in when you're no beer. Um, so let's not judge yourself because if you're listening to this, you're in the right place and you've got the right mindset. So just dive in and commit everything you've got to it. Series 2 of the One Year No Beer Podcast. If you haven't hit subscribe yet, then hit that button so you don't miss another episode. Just before we get started with today's interview, I just want to quickly mention one thing that Jen and I do every day. We were so lucky to come across this brand listening to podcasts just like this. And we are so proud to be sponsored by Athletic Greens. Athletic Greens is literally one scoop of this all-round nutritional insurance, which is made up of no less than 75 vitamins, minerals, and whole food source ingredients, including a multivitamin, multimineral, probiotic, green superfoods, scientifically researched and blended together to support and improve energy recovery, immunity, and digestion. It's so easy. You just get down in the morning, plop open that glass, pour in your athletic greens, and pow, you are doing what you need in one scoop. If you want to join us, simply visit athleticgreens.com forward slash O-Y-N-B and join the health experts, athletes, and health conscious go-getters around the world who are making a daily commitment to their health every day. Again, simply visit athleticgreens.com forward slash O-Y-N-B. Now, don't forget the forward slash O-Y-N-B because this will entitle you to the special deal Athletic Greens have given out to our listeners. A year's supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs will take with you on the go. Once again, athleticgreens.com. Don't forget, O-Y-N-B. Now let's get started with the podcast. Welcome to... Another episode of the OYMB 2.0 podcast, Stories of Transformation. My name is Ruri Fairbairns. I am your host slash co-host, depending on which day it is. Today, I am joined by a truly inspirational member. This story is one very close to my heart because, um, well, I have a bit of a soft spot for this gentleman, um, but also because... It's been an incredible journey of transformation and 
really coming right the way through to now being a core part of OYMB. Today, I am joined by Gary Allen. Gary, how are you today? Hey, Rory. I'm good. Thank you. It's great to be here. It's good to have you here. It's good to have you here. Gary, you have um, had an incredible life. Um, and thank you so much for joining us on the podcast and offering up some time to share that with everybody. Would you like to give a little bit of background um, into perhaps who you are? Gary Allen. Yeah. Um, well, I'm sitting here uh, in Galway in the west of Ireland. Uh, I wasn't born here, but I was born close enough to here. Um, I am in one year, no beer. Oh, I was first of all, what age am I? I'm 50, near enough. I'm 50, 50 in June. 40 you don't look a day past 21. Uh, Come uh, on. Uh, um, well, I'll be, I'm 49. I'll hang on to that for the next four months. <laughs> um, <laughs> the, yeah, so I am a coach here in one year, no beer. Uh, I'm also a software engineer, been a software engineer for 25 years. And I um, joined, I, joined, I suppose I found one year no beer in about 2017. Um, no, I didn't find it actually, my wife found it. Um, I suppose before we get into that, um, my relationship with alcohol has been very standard um, in terms of, you know, not necessarily Ireland, but British Isles kind of, you know, Western European kind of relationship with alcohol. Um, and in the, I suppose, in my late 30s, possibly, I decided, I had a look and I thought, this is annoying me a little bit. Maybe we should change this a bit. Uh, and I'm not in my late 30s anymore. So as you can see, there's a big, big gap there of, yeah. I suppose, not having any map or not having any way of doing this. And, you know, kind of going, you know, no, no, okay, well, this is the way it is. This is the way it's going to be. And... I suppose I did say once upon a time on another piece of um, material I did uh, with One Year No Beer is that um, I kind of was had uh, living with a kind of semi-permanent low-grade hangover for quite a lot of the time mm. and found One Year No Beer in early 2017. Yes. And are we the luckiest that that moment happened? But before you go into detail in that yes. moment... Um, yeah, um, you no no problem no problem. You were um, traditional farming background yes. in Ireland. A um, yes. couple of younger brothers, um, yes. but there's you had a bit of a tricky time growing up um, with yes. your health. Tell us a bit yeah. about that. So I was born with a condition called spine bifida, which is a a um, a, a neuro, what they call a neural tube defect. So basically, the spine um, is is open. Um, to the elements um, when more or less when, when I was born. So that was closed on day one, literally on day one, an operation on day one. So, so wow. uh, and, and that has kind of, it has profound effects on in that I can't walk, I don't walk. Uh, I use a wheelchair, I have done for pretty much all my life. Um, and it has its own health issues that come with that and still come with that. And, you know, which, which necessitated tons and tons and tons of hospital stays when I was a kid and, you know, right up into my you know, 30s. I haven't, I've been lucky for the last number of years, so I haven't had too much, um, issue, too many issues, bits and pieces, but missed a lot of school, 
had to stay back in a couple of classes just because I'd missed so much. And it was, I'm really reluctant to call it a struggle because I didn't know any better or know any, uh, mm. and certainly nobody told me I was struggling. Um, and, and that's, you know, this was a terrible Well, thing. not a comparison, but yeah, you knew, uh, I mean, you knew life wasn't easy. Yeah, it it I, I it, it it wasn't easy. Looking back on it now, you know, it was great. I mean, I had a brilliant childhood. I mean, and you know, who who <laughs> wouldn't who wouldn't want to go and chill out in hospital for a couple of months um, and miss a load of school because you know six, seven, eight year olds. Um, I was I love school, but at the same time, um, you know, those those periods in hospitals, I have you know some not so good memories, but most of the memories are quite quite nice because of you know all the people that came to see me and all the sweets i got and all the all the comics and all that kind of stuff Mm. Um, anyway um uh the yeah so that the health was uh, what was and still is a bit of a challenge and there's a load of challenges to come to come with the that's part of the package really with kidneys and you know i have had a couple of um, recent, rather in the last 10 years, a couple of surgeries on my neck. Um, lots and lots and lots of orthopedic surgery over the, over the years. Uh, and things that I just, I, as I said to someone yesterday, I have kind of a small army of consultants that kind of look after me because I'm like a, I thought I'd go to every now and again to, to get various bits and pieces checked out to make sure that everything is uh, working as it should be or as, as good as it can be. I, I can't imagine. Um, um, obviously, I can't imagine because I've, I've, I've experienced my my own life, um, what that must be like. And I immediately think, you know, um, jumping on forward about why you would have why you could have some compelling reasons about why you might have a more intimate relationship with alcohol um, when there is this element. But on the flip side of that, I also know you, um, and I would compare it. Um, to another um, three-foot giant who we both love, um, Sean Stevenson, um, who is who was. Um, unfortunately, he's now passed, but he was just such an incredible human because he had turned this such pain and such difficulty and, and struggle and everything else into all of his superpower. Um, and I see that so much in you. Um, I'm, I'm, I know I'm jumping forward, but that is that is your 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 strength. And your um, ability to help others, I think, is really shines through there. But you know, not an easy childhood, and and definitely not an easy time. But uh, you know, some great positive moments in there for you. When did you start um, discovering alcohol, and when and when did you start discovering alcohol, and when did alcohol start to develop more um, for you? Uh, I, I I was kind of a bit of a late bloomer. I suppose I was maybe, I think it was close to 18 before I had my first drink. And um, that's a very late bloomer in Ireland. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And and, uh, we we live in a, you know, very standard environment in in, um, the West of Ireland, Uh, pubs, nightclubs, all of that sort of stuff. As I said, I've got two um, uh, younger brothers and who I'd be very close to. And we just went out every week and whereas you know the guys um will be doing their thing uh i would you know sit there and have my pints and chat with people and just 
and just they would be they would go you know everybody else would be you know walking around you know mingling and whereas I it's just more difficult when when you're in this wheelchair uh, and I didn't and yeah. possibly could have there's no question I could have but I just didn't because it's just pain in the ass moving around crowds so I just sat there and um, and you know let people come to me as I suppose so it was easy um, to just consume more and more and more and um, that's the way it developed and I, I kind of you know took like took to it like a duck to water uh, in terms of the alcohol, and and then you know that's you know, I went through college. Then I went to, did a degree in computer science um, from ninety one to ninety five. So I had kind of free reign there. Kind of first time living away from home. It's a really scary time initially living away from home because I'd never lived away from home. And so you know that's when you know you know it, I won't say it got to another level, but you know I really became really good at <laughs> around my college days. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, a lot of and, us did. Yeah, uh, and you know there was, yeah, again that that you know the, it was easy to do. So and uh, I did it. I think. Do you think part of it was easier to do because um, you're in a wheelchair, you're not necessarily mingling as much, and yes. um, and therefore you you could just quietly sip away and sip away and sip away and there was less monitoring and and also people weren't like more likely to say to you oh you've had it too much there or do you think it was easier yeah they, to- they, they they well they 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 um certainly in terms of you know people saying to me that i've had too much or anything like that that did happen um particularly the, the latter end of things but but uh that uh, every now and again um but yeah it, it is kind of the less mo- the, the the less monitoring thing i suppose was because you know other people were off you know they were doing their chess and girls and things like that whereas i wasn't necessarily doing that um so you know people were busy, like like we all are we're all busy doing our own thing and, and you know i was my own person so i could do my own thing and that just happened to be a bit more alcohol than Totally. Some of some other people, not all other people, but some because you know, as I say, my relationship with alcohol was fairly standard. Yeah. So um, as you go through, and then you started to step up a notch, and you you mentioned in your thirties. So had you started in, as a software engineer, um, and did you find it stepping up a level when you when you were getting into software engineering, or did it change? Um, did your style of drinking change? And uh, yes, it did, it did change. Uh, I, I won't say it stepped up a, a level, um, but uh, because I got married, got married in 2000 and uh, met a girl in a nightclub and uh, got married and we are now living here in Galway for the last 20 years. And so it just changed. It's just like relaxing with a glass of wine um, after after work and all that kind of stuff. That stuff, you know, you know, when you're younger, that doesn't happen. But you know, that changed, and and that, um, and I absolutely loved that, um, uh, and you know, still, still like that, sitting with a glass, chilling out, kind of thing, yeah. just different yeah. glass. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so it's so that that so as I say, I won't I won't say it it, it went up a notch; it just changed. Yeah. Exactly. And so when did you first start thinking um, I should change my relationship with alcohol? I, I suppose it was about maybe when I was about 38 or 39, um, maybe, uh, maybe, maybe even a bit earlier. I thought, you know, 
I'm just annoyed at these kind of, you know, not feeling my best. And I suppose an important element of that I maybe just step back to um, was I kind of was always interested in this personal development kind of thing because I'd found Mm. some material tapes, actually. (laughs) Remember those things? Yeah. Um, Oh, yeah. um, Back in the day, back in the, in when I was about 17 or 18, like well back. Wow. And and I started listening. Yeah, well, it was Tony a guy Robbins. called like a, a guy called Lou Tice from a, guy, oh, yeah. a place called the Pacific Institute, and I st- and he started talking th- about things like the reticular activating system and and things like you know how about how and and that kind of really kind of lit my brain up that because mm. maybe physically I was a, quite limited, but mentally I could take this brain anywhere I wanted to take it, and that just blew me away. But when the alcohol kind of began to get a bit I always had that thing in the back of my brain. Now, can I was always reading those books uh, and just interested in that information. But when the alcohol began to get a bit more in the way, it just it just felt like as if you know I've got so much more to give and I've got so much more to do and uh, I can so much more I can be that you know maybe this is just getting in the way a bit now. And but I had no, as I said, uh, you know, I had no map, I had no way of doing it because everyone else was doing it. But the the the, the actual intention, if you want to call it that, of, of actually changing my relationship with alcohol wasn't really there for quite a significant, but I just found it a bit annoying and somebody, the intention of changing my relationship with alcohol really wasn't there for another few years after that, really. So, um, and, and it's so interesting that, that although this gnawing at the back of the head, this, this, this want for change, um, that we start to feel, but then there's all this justification, there's real life, there's, there's all these circumstances where we're like, you know, I can't do that. I, I, I can't do that yet. I'm not, I'm not ready to, to, to jump in. Um, and you can see this so often in the community when people say, gosh, I wish I'd done this sooner. But, you know, people have got to be ready. Um, they've, got to be, they've got to be ready to yeah. say, you know what, I'm ready, I'm going to do this. So, what do you think changed in you between, um, or, or what was going on? Was there an event? Was there something that you were like, right, that's it, I'm doing it now? And, or, and what shifted for you during that process for you suddenly saying, okay, um, yeah, and when did one year no beer fit into that? Well, I think it was, um, by the way, sorry, if you're hearing some noise outside, someone's just decided to use a saw outside, so anyway. I can't um, hear it. Your it, microphone's it, great. That's fine. <laughs> um, the... Uh, I suppose it, it coincided, I suppose, with New Year, because I'm a bit of a sucker for a New Year's resolution. And New Year's resolutions 2017, um, I think I might have mentioned to my wife, or we might, uh, I, I remember the exact occurrence, but um, I said, you know, maybe we should just give this a go now for a while, or I should give this a go for a while. And, uh, and then I thought, and then she found, uh, my wife found one year no beer and kind of put me out of that. And I thought, hold on a second. Actually, is there a way to do this? Because the only way that I, because I suppose the the shift was uh, that you either had a problem with alcohol, a traditional problem with alcohol, or you didn't and everything was fine. It was all hunky-dory. There was no middle ground where it was just getting in the way and a bit of a pain in the ass. Um, And when I found when you're no beer, it was kind of like, Hold on a second. Maybe there's a way here that you know we don't have to make this this absolutely terrible 
you know, um, what's the word? Uh, character, like, character flaw that I have. Maybe it's just yeah. getting in my way. Um, yeah. So that was the that was the shift. It was like <clears throat> I, uh, it was the, the finding the one year no beer and finding the way. Yeah, um, was 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 really what maybe take it seriously. And I knew at that point, and I can say it now, I, I knew at that point that the excuses and the reasons are, because uh, they were excuses, the excuses for not doing it, in other words, I don't know how, just, they just went at that point in reality. Now, yeah. it doesn't mean that I got going at that point. That's an entirely different conversation. Ah, yeah. Well, but before you jump onto that, I think the significance of that is that we can see, you know, that, 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 there's many factors, you know, in many circumstances, it's permission. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this, 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 this program shows up, this community, there's other people. This is not a lonely thing I do quietly on my own, which is where most people think that their changing relationship with alcohol is. And the very reason behind this podcast is that, that when the right inspiration shows up, when the right pathway shows up, when there's a the program to follow, it's like, okay, now I have permission and now I have the tools I need to know what to do that I can go and take this on. So you saw that, but then you weren't quite ready. Again, you weren't quite ready to execute. Yeah. Tell me. Yeah. And, and February, 2017, I got started and I did, I think something like, I think actually I know, I know what I did. I did 42 days and then I went on holiday and uh, the the thought of an alcohol free holiday was just completely nuts. No one ever did that. <laughs> no. Uh, but, uh, so that didn't happen. Uh, and so then we got back on the on, back on the bus and did another few days, another slip, another few days, another slip. But then every single time, and of course the judgment was going bananas in my own head. You you can't do this. You're a failure. All that kind of stuff. And then every single time, you just the reinforcement. From the from the one year no beer community at the time, which was mm. much much smaller at the time, was well okay. Hold on, all you've done is just found a way that doesn't work, as you know, Edison says. Uh, the uh, so the complete lack of judgment um, was a total revelation to me. Uh, and you know, if that's if, uh, and I think that's probably you know, if I was to say well, what's the what's the secret sauce of one year no beer that's well up there if not number one is the total mm. lack of judgment and yeah, treating and, and treating this <laughs> as a habit um mm. and you know and i if once i got on the got it into my mind which took 11 months of one i'm treating it as a habit two i'm not failing i'm learning and uh, uh, and three, just keep coming back. Uh, those things. Once I got that um, going, and then, uh, and I suppose you do get to that um, point at some where I think is necessary for everybody. Um, it is where you get to the point where you're just had, I've had enough of this this crap. I just can't do this anymore. Uh, that 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 reason of I suppose desperation, um, for for want of a better word, uh, that's necessary. Now that's not uh, certainly what's going to keep you going, um, because we need to get to the 
the, the more inspirational reasons I, I, I feel. Um, so once I got to that point in January 2018, um, uh, then I think I was just away. I was ready that point, at that point because I had all my learning done. This is, this is, there's so much in there, Guy, because, you know, the first thing is, uh, like you said, and it's so beautifully put, um, that we're trying to slay a beast of a dragon, right? Um, Professor BJ Fogg at Stanford University is like, well, creating new habits is actually quite simple. Follow the formula. Um, and I talk about the formula and mastermind and, 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 and all sorts of things like that, or you can get it from his book, Tiny Habits. But changing bad habits is much more difficult because they grow like weeds and it grows weeds yeah. into different reward yeah. centers and different parts of your brain and identity and fun. And so it interlinks inside your brain and you can't just go a big weed. You can't just go and yank it out of the ground because yeah. you leave all the roots in. It's got yeah. to be worked out as a piece. So, so part of this is, 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 is. I think what we've got to change in the positioning of one, you know, beer going forward and we're working on this is that you're here to slay a dragon and sometimes you're going to get knocked down and those are slip ups. Mm. And sometimes you're going to get a bit beaten up, but just keep coming back. And yeah. I guarantee you, you'll win. I guarantee you that the persistence will beat that. That dragon can never kill you. You're invincible against that dragon, but you've just got to keep, yeah. um, keep slaying. And so some of those tests for you, I want to talk about, just some of those tests, you know, you, 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 you talked about, um, uh, these slip ups in the early days, what were they and why did you slip up? Do you think now you're a much wiser person? Uh, okay. Um, the holiday, uh, because yes. nobody ever does an alcohol free holiday. Totally. Um, yep. I was never really, um, well, since I got married and all that kind of stuff, I, I, I never really was a pub kind of person I mean I'm not that regularly and um whereas I think it's very the context is very very important here when when you're talking about this particular habit because we've got alcohol in our lives in multiple different contexts and to knock those down one at a time is is essential but the the, the for me the the one that I knocked down first was the home drinking and that was relatively okay but then the, you know, out in pubs drinking, I hadn't been used to that. Um, so that was multiple slip-ups um, because, uh, you know, I just wasn't, you know, it, uh, a pint was the first thing that came out of my mouth before you ever even realized you said it. Um, and that, so that, and I don't remember if there was the, the, the odd wedding or occasion, there probably was a wedding or, uh, in 2017. Uh, that I that I went to. In fact, uh, there definitely was, and that was not an option. Um, it's just again, same as the holiday. Who does that? Who does that? Um, one of the things towards the end, and I think uh, um, it's important to mention here because you know it's almost like that phrase, "the darkest hour is just before the dawn." In in December of 2017, I said because I had I was coming to the end of that point where I really had enough. Um, and I was going, I was, I was the chairman of the local sailing club at the time. And, uh, uh, and I, I said, all right, I'm going to do this end of year dinner, uh, alcohol free. Cause it was a committee, the whole committee were going for dinner. 
And it didn't turn out like that. Boy, no, because I mean, the sailing guys, like, they're like, yeah. a, they're like a skinful. <laughs> yeah, it, uh, it, boy, did it not turn out like that. And my wife and yes. myself, we, we joke about it at the moment. Uh, or jo- we joke about it still. And those are the things that, that kind of, I suppose, commitment was, was the, the lack, the, the thing that was, was just building and building and building. It was almost like a phone being charged. <laughs> the commitment was building. And um, you were getting more resolute. You yeah, were working yeah. out more ways not to do it. And you were getting like each time waking up going, no, I'm going to get this. I'm going to get this. Yeah. I'm going to get this. Yeah. An integral part. You, yeah. you could not do it without having done those. Yeah. And this is, the, this is the mindset shift we've got to go through, right? It's that there is, we never go back to day one, right? Uh, you never go back to day one. You're learning and you're discovering and you're changing and you're getting more resolute. Um, yeah, absolutely. You, you know, you talked about um, how supportive the community was yeah. um, along this journey. Um, and so really that was like having a friend in your pocket um, in these moments, did you find yourself like going into the community and then saying, oh, I've messed up again and you would be outpoured with support? And how did you find that? Yeah, I found that um, particularly after, I remember the, the first time that I did, the, the morning after that sailing club, I went back into the uh, the group and I just said, this guy's, I can't do this. This is, this is just like terrible and blah, blah, blah. The usual things that I, that I, that like, I'm a failure, all of that stuff, which, which is completely, completely, completely normal. And um, I remember getting literally dozens and, you know, dozens at that, at that time was a big deal because like there was, there was probably what about, you know, 10% a thousand, of, what, yeah, a thousand, <laughs> a thousand people, people in, in it in, in it at that point. Then. And uh, I think I remember people who are still around and have gone on to bigger and better things. Uh, and have graduated and, and, and aren't, aren't around, just tell, you know, giving me that constant non-judgmental support. Did you know that we offer loads more support? Yes, I'm talking about time with coaches, Zooms, meeting other people, locking eye to eye, meeting awesome OIMBers who are on the same inspiring journey as you. All of those things are available in AFM. We created AFM as a close, small community that is really there to help people master changing the relationship with alcohol. So if you're looking for a little bit more support, you want to meet more OYM beers, or you just want to take your alcohol-free journey to the next level, then check out oneyearnobeer.com forward slash AFM. And if you put in the discount code PODCAST10, capital letters, PODCAST10, we'll get you 10% discount off joining AFM. So you start on this challenge, done a whole bunch of get-goes, and now you're on your way. What do you think you had to... Do you think you had to change anything about yourself? Do you think you... um, um, was Was there stuff in your environment or your life or who you were or what you were doing, which was that you discovered was causing some of the issue in the first place. Honestly, um, I suppose well, I have thought about this and, you know, there, there are, there are, there was a few um, things, you know, that I realized is that I had an interest in a whole load of things. 
uh, like personal development, like reading, like, you know, writing. And, 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 and I was doing literally none of that stuff. I was, I had a, well, I was doing a little bit of reading and a little bit of writing and a little bit of that. And, um, Really, the, I, I wasn't, lead, you know, I suppose at that stage living my truth. And I didn't have that higher standard. Um, and I did, you know, I did have that higher standard in my, in my job, in my, in my software engineering job. But I wasn't bringing that higher standard into my personal life necessarily. Uh, and I suppose that was the shift that I made. And so I'm, I'm kind of not necessarily answering your question, you know, directly, but indirectly. Um, the what was causing, I suppose, the, the alcohol in a lot of ways? And then there wasn't necessarily a trauma in there um, for me, not that, I, not that I would recognize anyway. It was just that I had let it get hold uh, as a habit. And I had basically let myself off the hook and I wasn't living that higher standard that I knew I was capable of. So I don't know if that's a roundabout way of answering. No, that no, I, I absolutely, absolutely. And um, so, tell me, uh, what's changed for you? What changed for you <laughs> in changing your relationship with alcohol? Um, what's uh, changed in your life? Everything, um, and <laughs> not uh, everything and nothing. Um, in the sense that you know, I'm uh, I'm still married. I'm happily married for the last twenty one years. Coming up to 22. well done. Congratulations. Um, uh, I am so in the I suppose I should step back another bit here just and, and just say that in the um, early days in March when I had about 90 days and 100 days March of 2018 I I did a mastermind uh, which you know and uh, that mastermind kind of changed the game for me and that why did it change the game for me is because the concepts that were introduced in that mastermind, uh, none of them were new. None of this was new, new information to me. I knew uh, it sounds arrogant, but I kind of didn't know all the concepts. And, and I thought to myself, maybe consciously or subconsciously, I don't remember. I thought I could do this. And the, so uh, I remember in June of 2018, I Googled, I said, coaching, what's, what, how do we do that? And I found out that there was a coaching open day, coaching course open day, the very next day in, in a hotel that's about 10 miles away from me. And if that's not a message, I don't know what is. Uh, so, uh, and the reason I suppose that they had been, uh, that there had been, you know, that had been new to me is that I had kind of, kind of been absorbing this information for the last twenty five years, um, without kind of really knowing it, and I had known all this information, but I wasn't using any of it, or at least not not consciously was wasn't using any of it, and it re I realized, hold on a second, maybe I could, maybe I have something to offer here. So uh, anyway, I went into the open day, loved every minute of that signed up more or less on the spot and um uh, the rest is history really i was i was so i started that started that cor course in actually october of 2018 and graduated in uh april of 2019 
during all of that time, there was various um, different guises of alcohol-free me, live life better, that kind of stuff in there. In the very early days of that and the creation of that, that I was just volunteering in. So it was ex- I got a little bit of exposure to kind of group Zoom, group coaching calls and stuff like that um, in the very early days of that stuff. Uh, uh, and, you know, then, you know, as I, after I qualified, I, I became, it became more formal in, 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 in those AFMs and things like that. I was in at the beginning of AFM. Yeah. You were in the beginning of AFM. And so, I mean, um, I want to just touch back on, on, um, the, the, the mastermind process. So the thing about the mastermind is, it's very well to say, oh, the mastermind gave me this, but you knocked on the head and saying, I, excuse me, I already knew a lot of this stuff, right? We know this we've, goal setting. Who doesn't know about goal setting? Yeah. Right. Um, and, but the key thing was, and I would wish for everyone to go through um, mastermind process, um, is that you change your identity when you change your relationship with alcohol. You change so much, you stop numbing out and you start listening to your heart, to your soul, to your mind, right? You start hearing these things and these things are saying, hey, you need to make a change. You're not happy in your job or you're not happy in this or these are the reasons why alcohol was being more integral in your life. And, but more importantly, or, or like yourself, you're not living your best self, right? Okay, I'm, I'm, a, I, I'm enjoying software development. I, I like it, but you're not, you, there's more for you to give here, Gary. There's more for yeah. you to give. Now, you had to be, seeking you had to be asking the question for you to go to mastermind so mm-hmm. it came from you and that's the yeah. really important thing is this if you have this knowing this this question am i mem- am i meant for more mm-hmm. is there is there more to my life yeah. you know what what can i do with the time i have left and what impact can i have that is what mastermind is about now the most amazing thing is and i have a hypothesis ccccccs around this um is that you were like Maybe it's coaching. Maybe it's helping other people. Maybe it's supporting other people. Now, I would put good money if I was to take a whole bunch of independent researchers and look at the majority of One Year No Beer members. I reckon the majority of what we call um, early adopters, we are early adopters, right? The, the world is starting to change its relationship with alcohol. It's a long journey ahead. We're early adopters. These early adopters are the ones where alcohol has been more prevalent in their life. They'd be more sensitive to the fact that alcohol has been more pre- prevalent. And guess what? More sensitive people end up using alcohol and drugs more to make their life okay, right? Which basically means that when you remove that alcohol, guess what? These people want to give back. And we see that in our survey, the offboarding surveys and things like that. Our members want to give back. This is why we created this podcast, to get more members to speak about their journey. Why we create testimonials. I mean, what, 10 a week, if not more, um, come through of powerful blogs and stories of transformation um, because people want to give back. The whole community is based on that aspect. How can I support others? How can I help others? The same moderators. It's an amazing, amazing thing. So I want to recognize you um, for um, you know that, that process of discovery and mastermind and how amazing because the way the universe works that you think, I think I found this thing and I think it's coaching and I'm just going to do a quick Google and oh, <laughs> there's yeah. one tomorrow. So um, yeah, it's, it, it is amazing. So you've done your coaching certification, which of course we're, we're um, that's, that's 
another key part of one year no beer is is um, improving how we have coaching and and um, and allowing members to go through that coaching journey. So um, tell us a bit about your coaching. And um, so you're in AFM. Yeah. Um, give us a bit of info, info about how so, you operate as a coach. So in AFM, uh, since the beginning, and have been uh, an AFM uh, coach uh, with on all the the group coaching zooms for going up on for over three years now, and uh, that's just been. Brilliant. That's uh, brilliant. Doesn't even cover it. It's, it's just an amazing, amazing space. And you know, because we've got people in there, in you know, from all walks of life, in every single, you know, as I say, you know, we're not necessarily all on the same page. We're reading the same book, but we're not on the same page. And um, and it's just such a such a non-judge. You know, I kind of almost I, I sometimes describe it like the one year no beer. The main community is like a big city. Whereas AFM is a bit like a small village. Uh, everyone knows everybody. And, yeah, exactly. Uh, and it, it's, you know, everybody supports everybody. But so anyway, I, I'm in there and doing my uh, three or four Zooms a week, as we all are, um, since, when, since, since the beginning. And in uh, July of 2020, I, I joined the one-to-one team. And that has been going really really well just it just so happens you know and i will own this that that uh, i'm good at this stuff um, <laughs> you are good at this uh, stuff gary you uh, are. so uh, and, and you know that sounds arrogant but you know there aren't around that many things that i'm good at so um i'll take i'll take this the one. highest compliment is people who who choose again and go again and go again and you've got people who've been with you for years um mm. and um that is just an incredible as you take them through through their journey so, you know, what, what, what I just love about this as well, Gary, is it is the full circle, okay? You know, you, you're faced by this, this, this demon, this questioning in your life. It's not so easy to change your relationship with alcohol. It takes some time. You get through that. You have a reassessment into your life and you're like, you know what, I want to give back. And now you're a core part of One Year No Beer. You're, you're helping change lives. You know, AFM is an incredible tool for connecting much deeper with people. Um, and I think that's, again, the powerful tool that we have that anybody who's you know, perhaps going through a bit of resets or struggling, needs more support. Now it's uh, people who, you know, coming straight in on the front end, like, you know what, I want to get this done. I, don't, I just want to have the most support from the, um, from the get-go. So, um, yeah, so what is, you, you, uh, what we didn't tell everyone is, of yeah. course, you've left your career your your career behind now and you are now a full-time coach is that no 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 right? no 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 that's okay. that's the, not quite there yet i am still a software engineer um i am but uh, and because of you know the other the commitments that i have i still 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 need that but but i i will so the the definite um plan at some point in the future is to become um full-time coach so where are you now are you still uh, as, a, as a software engineer and coaching on the side and where is that going for you ahead yeah um yeah you, you could you could put it like that um yeah coaching on the side is is kind of a, a way of putting it but I, I suppose i coach 
Uh, I am a software engineer. Yes, first of all, I'm still um, 39 hours a week. Um, I do coach first thing in the morning, my time before work starts at 9 a.m. And I coach uh, from 6 till about 10 p.m. at night and then all weekend. Uh, uh, that's Monday to Friday and then wow. six to, and then all weekend. Now, again, that's a bit more extreme than it sounds. Uh, sorry, it's not as extreme as it sounds because, you know, that's those hours aren't necessarily full all the time. But I, I probably end up working maybe a, a 60, 65 hour a week every week. But um, I'm loving every minute of coaching. And, you know, at some point it will be... Um, It'll be, it will be my thing uh, to, to, to be a full-time. Amazing. Well, I mean, you're, you're amazing, Gary. It's an incredible journey. Um, it's a truly inspirational story of transformation, the full transformation. Um, and, um, yeah, thank you so much for sharing it with us all um, today. I guess before we finish up, um, you know, A is a very experienced member. Um, you've been a moderator, you've been in masterminds, you run AFM and you you run um, coaching, one-to-one coaching. What would be some of your top tips for people who want to um, change their relationship with alcohol? I suppose if you've got that you know, relatively standard relationship with alcohol, that is, you know, you, you know, to one degree or another, I suppose the first thing I would say is we all have habits and maybe this is just another one of them. Let, you know, because society as a whole, will be very, very quick to judge us as having a problem with alcohol. And it's not easy, but if we just take it as a habit that is getting in our way, the same as, you know, maybe eating too much chocolate, eating too much, you know, drinking too much coffee, and and have that mindset of, this is a habit that I want to shift. Now, it's a bit of a doozy because it's a drug. It's an addictive drug. It's the way society commiserates, celebrates, and rewards. So we, it has a lot going for it that makes makes it a difficult one to um, uh, ha- to tackle. But again, just treat it as a habit. And I suppose the thing that has helped me more than anything is never say forever. Because we're just because we can't say forever. It's not necessarily uh, a reasonable. I'm not going to say forever because it's. I've no interest in saying I'm not we're going, never drinking again. I don't intend to anytime soon. But I've never. I don't have any interest in saying that. And also, um, I'm. I do one day at a time. I mean, I'm coming up on 1,500 days alcohol free now, and I'm going to talk to you about 1,501, but not 1,502. <laughs> So that's what I would say. And, and just come into it with an open mind and just try as much as you can to take judgment out of the equation because you won't get any judgment in one year no beer. Um, so let's not judge yourself because if you're listening to this, you're in the right place and you've got the right mindset. So just dive in and commit everything you've got to it. Love it. Gary, you are a true inspiration. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. We'll definitely get you back on um, um, a bit further down the track, talk about what's going on in the world of coaching again. Um, But thank you for being part of the early series. Thank you. Love it. Thank you. Well, that was an incredibly powerful interview. You know, it's always been the dream to see somebody come through that from being a member to being part of the program. And, you know, building a, building a passionate lifestyle around helping people change their relationship with alcohol. 
this is what we want more of. Um, and, uh, you know, it starts with helping us with testimonials. That's the big thing which we, we need more of. Um, come and feature on the podcast. Um, uh, share this podcast. This is what we need more than anything is to get these stories out to the world. Um, and, you know, somebody listening to Gary today, it could be the one thing that says, you know what, that's it. I'm going to do this. And you might just change their life or the lives of those around them. So if you enjoyed this podcast, please share it. Um, hop onto iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, like, subscribe, leave us a review. Those are the lifeblood. Um, but if you want to support OIMB in any way, then please take some action now and um, help us share this podcast. You're amazing. I can't wait to have you on the show or hear your testimonial or hear your story of transformation in the community. Just keep going. That's all for me today. Bye. Thanks for tuning into this episode of the One Year No Beer podcast, where our mission is to share and tell the stories of the everyday heroes who are taking the steps to make a meaningful impact by changing their relationship with alcohol. If you want to join our community and find out more about the variety of benefits that you can enjoy by becoming part of our 80,000 plus members within our alcohol-free movement, then click the link in the show notes below.